That's a clown question, bro. Hey, what's up on you? So I'm gonna kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's gonna be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Christianta. The other voice in this podcast, exclusively audio podcast, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, we got one week left in the regular season, and then hell breaks loose from there. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, we're down to the wire. You know, it feels like the season uh, started yesterday. I felt like I was, felt like I was in Borisville mm. watching uh, Max Scherzer deliver the first pitch just, uh, just a couple days ago. And yeah. Now the, uh, now the regular season is coming to a close, and yeah, we have. Like, especially in the National League, we have some really exciting playoff races still yet to be determined. Yeah. It's unfortunate because we lost our last episode of the show that was recorded but not put out. Uh, we talked about, what, Steve Cohen buying the Mets. Yeah, there wasn't that, that much was about in, the it. Episode, in the episode. Yeah, it was about Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman going down with an injury. That hurts. Um, but, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I guess we should just get right into it. Yeah, so the uh, biggest news of the past week – and definitely affects the uh, playoff race for sure uh, with the Houston Astros. Justin Verlander, uh, one of the one of the best pitchers of this century, um, last year's Cy Young Award winner, um, Cy Young runner-up in 2018, Cy Young runner-up in 2016. He is uh, out for the year and probably out for 2021 with Tommy John surgery, uh, we knew, we knew about, you know, this being a possibility in early August, uh, there was forearm tightness. They said they were going to wait about four or six weeks, uh, and determine what he has to do. And that period of time has passed and they've determined it's uh, Tommy John surgery. So very unfortunate news, um, for Verlander and for the Astros. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it right. This sucks. Like this absolutely blows for the Astros, uh, regardless of what you think of them, I feel like you have to respect Justin Verlander. You know, obviously with the underlying, you know, cheating accusations and that scandal of last year, you, it's hard to put a lot of that blame on Justin Verlander, A, because he's a pitcher. So it's not like, you know, what was going on affects his performance individually. But also, like, he got there, you know, in 2017, he got there with one month left in the season. Like, what was he supposed to do in September? Just be like, hey, this thing you guys have been doing all year that you've been destroying everyone else with, yeah, I just got, I just got here five seconds ago, and I'm going to put an end to that. Like, you can't expect him to do that. But, I mean, you've you got to respect – you know, him as a pitcher for his entire career. Like, he's been, like you said, one of the best pitchers of this generation. It's up, He's right up there with Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I mean, just to go through his accolades, he won an MVP, a two-time Cy Young winner, also won a Rookie of the Year, a pitching triple crown, an eight-time All-Star, an ERA title, an ALCS MVP, a Major League Player of the Year, and also a World Series champion, whether you like it or not. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of scared that we've seen the last of this guy. Like, that is a very real possibility. I don't want to believe it, but he's going to be 39 the next time he steps on a major league mound, hopefully. Yeah, as weird as it is to say, especially after, you know, a year following him winning the Cy Young. Um, at age 36. At age 36, um, yeah, time's kind of 
ticking. It's like, you know, Tom Brady won a won an MVP when he was 40, and it's kind of been some somewhat downhill since. And Tom Brady didn't have an elbow surgery. Yeah. Justin Verlander's having an elbow surgery, and uh, his contract ends after 2021 with the Astros. So, it, you know, it might be a swan song, maybe in Detroit, maybe somewhere else. Um, and, like, I don't know, you – you wonder how he's going to recover from this. I mean, at the very least, you know he's already cemented his legacy as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he's 12 innings shy for his career of 3,000, so I really hope we can see his 3,000th inning pitched. Uh, luckily, he got the 3,000 strikeouts last year. Um, I mean, yeah, like, this this sucks, man. This really, this really hurts, and I really hope that Verlander comes back. But um, I have a take, Chris. This... This might mark the beginning of the end for the Houston Astros with their core because you're losing George Springer next year. Michael Brantley's contract is up next year. And then you go into next year, presumably, presumably without those two. And you're not going to have Verlander. And I think McCullers is up soon too. When is McCullers up? Uh, oh, hang on a second. Uh, but anyway, I mean, you're losing a lot of people in that, in that core. Okay, so he's, he's eligible after 2021. But then after 2021, you obviously don't have Verlander. You're probably losing him. You're also losing Carlos Correa, who goes to free agency. You're losing Lance McCullers, who goes to free agency. At that point, you got – you have Zach Alt- Greinke. You have, yeah, you're losing Zach Greinke. And you even, even then, like, obviously he's still been performing well this year, but how much does he have left in the tank? He's, you know, pushing 40 at this point almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – And then you have to consider um, – Free agents do not want to really associate with the Houston Astros um, for, for a while. I mean, I don't see any, like, major free agents trying to test the waters with the Astros for another few years because of the just the name association with them. Yeah. Uh, it's Especially because most of those guys, most of those guys going to free agency got the ring with the Astros. Like, you know, if you're McCullers, if you're Correa, if you're Springer, you're like, you know what? I got my ring. I'm set here. I'm going to go somewhere else where I can, you know, be my own person and not have this lingering over my head in Houston. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty bad for them. I mean, I, you know, they dug their own grave there, but um, that's, that's a situation that they will have to face. And, um, you know, I guess, I guess that could be their, their punishment for, um, for the, uh, for the cheating scandal. Ultimately that might be their biggest um, downfall there and yeah the you know Justin Verlander being out he was kind of the guy that was holding the rotation together after Garrett Cole left um, Granke is around the same age as Verlander so who knows how long he'll be producing maybe they'll extend him for a couple of years like they did Verlander but um, who really knows at this point Kind of a weird situation, but uh, yeah, the the uh, the Houston Astros' success seems to be kind of dwindling. Yeah, and it's starting this year. And that's crazy. I mean, you go and another thing you have to consider is that there's a lot of teams in the AL West that are up and coming. I mean, the A's are going to dethrone them this year as the division champions. The Seattle Mariners, you know, they're they're not performing too well this year, but going forward, I mean, you have a lot of young guys on that roster. They have the youngest team in baseball this year, Chris. And you've got Jared Kalenic coming up in the future. You've got Logan Gilbert, your guy, Julio Rodriguez, Taylor Trammell. Like, that team 
is going to be, you know, one of the most talented teams, if not the most talented team in the division come 2022, 2021, something like that. Uh, the, the Los Angeles Angels, you have to assume they're only going to get better from where they're at right now. And I guess maybe the, the Texas Rangers are a bit of a question mark. But, I mean, you know, the, these other teams, they're going to start rising above. And the Astros might not be able to keep up when they're losing all these guys. And this news right here may be the beginning of the end for them. Yeah, especially because you consider um, the playoff situation this year. Um, I'm going to get my list there. Uh, the playoff situation this year where starting pitching – has never been more valued. By the way, we should probably get into the playoff schedule later on. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't put it in the prep sheet, but yeah, the, we just found out the playoff schedule. There's no days off for until the uh, World Series, once the series start. Which no, does kind of make sense because it's yeah. not like they have to travel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's no days off. So it's pretty much like you're probably going to see your, your – yeah, you kind of have to see the, you know, five, a five-man rotation uh, out of the gate. And you when, might you're have losing, to, yeah. when you're lo losing Verlander, that's going to be a big, uh, big downfall there. And it's a three-game series to start. You want an ace, and Granke has kind of slowed down a little bit. The Astros starting pitching is a bit of a question mark. So we'll see where – they line up whoever they play against it'll probably be the three seed yeah. whoever that may be but uh who really knows who really knows with the houston astros i mean if this if this does end up being the end for the astros i feel like we should take a second to just remember you know this okay listen this team this core is never going to have a good legacy that's just like throw that out the window that'll never happen however i think it is important to just take a look back at the last, say, seven years for the Houston Astros. You know, you look at 2013 when they go 51 and 111 on the season. And, you know, 2014 comes and you have Ben Ryder from Sports Illustrated. You know, he puts out that magazine cover with George Springer where it says your 2017 World Series champs. And do you remember, do you remember that article or that uh, magazine coming out at all? Because I remember where I was. I, I don't remember uh, when it came out, but I remember, you know. I remember yeah, laughing at it. When it was <laughs> – Like, no one expected – like, the Astros, come on. Like, no, that team went – that team barely won 50 games last year. Like, they're not going to win a World Series in four years. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's how everyone thought back then. And, you know, whether you not – whether or not you want to look at what else was happening, you know, maybe in the clubhouse, you know, in, in, in next to the dugout, I get that. But this team was still built with a lot of talent by Jim Crane, by Jeff Lunau, and it was built from the ground up to win a World Series. And it sucks that that's never going to be appreciated, but I feel like you really do have to look at where they were in 2013 versus, you know, them climbing the mountain and the process that, that, uh, the, the process that was that four-year span. Yeah, you take the cheating out, which is a you can't. I mean, which is a big thing. It's a huge thing. But if you take the cheating out, I mean, it was a baseball machine from twenty, I'd say twenty fifteen to uh, about twenty nineteen. Yeah. Not only did they build the core, they added the necessary tools, which is kind of what kind of what the goal of of a baseball team is. You build your core, you add the necessary pieces. They built the core, which was Springer, uh, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, Bregman. 
and um, McCullers. McCullers. Yeah. And then they added the necessary pieces like Justin Verlander and Garrett Charlie, Cole. Well, Garrett Cole wasn't on that team. And uh, like Charlie Morton. Yeah. Charlie Morton. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then in 2019, they added Michael Brantley. That's kind of what the, that's kind of what the goal of the baseball team is. But you know they have that scandal, or uh, that that cloud of a scandal over them, deservedly so. And but yeah, it does seem to be kind of the end of the Astros. And yeah, Justin Verlander, uh, unfortunate news. But I mean, it would be hard not to see like. I see him coming back for at least another year. I really hope so. In 2022. Like, Justin Verlander deserves, you know, a, a swan song. Like, he deserves his final exit, whether it be in Detroit, whether it be it's Miami, I don't know. Like, he deserves to, to have a meaningful, like, walk off the mound for the last time with everyone knowing that's it. Yeah, he, he needs that. I mean, a guy – 3,000 strikeout club, you know, uh, baseball reference war of 70. That yeah. doesn't mean the same to everybody, but that's, you know. You can't all, deny it's impressive. Impressive Hall of Famer. And um, I would argue he should have won the Cy Young three times. Um, and even and I'm someone who believed uh, <laughs> Garrett Cole should have won last year, but I still think Verlander should have won it three times. Had three no-hitters, too. Yep. Um, and yeah, World Series champion. Did, you know, I know they asked the the hitting side uh, had was tainted a little bit, but Justin Verlander um, did everything he could. To and by the way, like games. when he was brought in, he had a 106 ERA in the regular season with the Astros in 2017. Like, if you put up a 106 ERA, like you're putting your team in a position to win regardless of what the offense is doing. Like, you should win that nine times out of ten. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. With any offense. Yeah, and the games he won in the ALCS, when he won ALCS MVP, uh, I think it was a two-to-one game in game yeah. two. And then, and then a seven-to-one game in game three. Or game six. Game six, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, like, people forget, like, that ALCS, like, the four games that the Astros won were two-to-one, two-to-one, seven-to-one. No, yeah, two-to-one, two-to-one, seven-to-one, and four-nothing. Like, the pitching dominated that series when they won. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's that's the that's the Astros. That's the Astros. You know that core twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen. Um, added Verlander. Shout out to Justin Verlander. Hope he comes back. I for, do too. In twenty twenty two. Now we have some, I guess, more races to talk about. I think you know this is this is heated up as of late. Um, in the National League, something that really intrigued me for sure the the sixth through eighth seeds are a tight tight race and there are many different archetypes of teams in this race yeah so uh, i will i guess i'll take it away uh at the sixth seed in second place in the national league central we have the st louis cardinals at 26 and 24 this team has to play one more doubleheader i believe I, by the way i looked at their schedule i think they're going to end the season with 58 games Huh. Because hold on a second, they're twenty six and twenty four right now. So that's what fifty games that they've played. Yeah. And I believe they have only eight games left on their schedule. Uh, I will I will type that in right now. So they have they have a four game set against the Royals this week. 
Uh, yeah, they have a – okay, no, I'm sorry. They have a three-game set against the Royals, and they have a five-game set against the Brewers, and the regular season ends. So they're just going to – like, they're just going to not play 60 games. Yeah. Which is a little odd. Um, I'll wait to decide how this affects the league because, I mean, those two extra games, like, if they play them and lose both, like, that's going to affect everything. Yeah. It, or if they, you know, played them and won both, that's something I guess yeah. Cardinals fans could – could uh, get mad about, but yeah. I guess the, the the fair thing is like if they're not playing two extra games, that that means there's also other teams that are playing two less games. Yeah, I don't know who they would be. I think we'd have to check back at the at the end of the uh, at the end of next week. But yeah, anyway, the St. Louis Cardinals they're twenty six and twenty four. At the seventh seed is the Philadelphia Phillies at twenty seven and twenty six, one game over five hundred. And I believe one game shy of the five seed that is held by the Miami Marlins. The eight seed at 27 and 27 is the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, uh, and then on the outside looking in, also 500 at 26 and 26 is the Brewers. Also 26 and 26 is the San Francisco Giants. So, I mean, those three teams are essentially tied for the eight seed. Yeah. So, and, you know, the Phillies aren't, uh, you know, they could – they could get knocked out as well. Um, yeah. Can we can we both agree that on paper the Reds are the team that can do the most damage here? Uh, I would agree, especially with the momentum. Yeah. Uh, that they're that they're bringing. I think they and the momentum they have in the media. Yeah. They. Uh, hey. Yeah, they've got momentum. They've got an extremely good starting pitching staff: Bauer, Castillo, Gray, uh, and even Male. If they if they match up with the Dodgers as the one eight matchup, like I'm, I might be tempted. I really might be tempted. Yeah, you never know. Like that is like the Dodgers ran into a situation last year where they went up against a really good pitching staff. They could do the same thing this year if they face Cincinnati. Like you don't want like who wants to face Bauer, Castillo, and Gray in a three game series? Nobody does. Yeah, nobody does, and. I have a feeling those are going to be some low-scoring games uh, when they when they come. It'll be what Bueller, Bauer. Well, I guess I guess the Bueller, uh, May, and Gonsolin. Oh, Kershaw, Kershaw. You definitely have to do Kershaw. Yeah, and um, I mean, I guess I guess the rotation order will differ because you have to win in the regular season as well. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at the Phillies. They're playing the Nationals. Uh, in their first series this week, a that is a, a three-game set. Yep. And then they, uh, I believe they have a day off on Thursday. And, and they finish off they, against the Twins, I believe. Are we talking about the Reds here? The Phillies. Oh, the Phillies. The Reds played the Twins on the last weekend. Yeah. And then the Phillies play the Rays um, on the last weekend. So some difficult matchups for the, each of them. And the Brewers are playing the Reds. And then Cardinals. Yeah, Brewers are Brewers are probably have the most at stake because they're playing within division both times against these competitive teams. Mm-hmm. And the Brewers are playing the Reds uh, to start the week and in the week against the Cardinals. So this is where this is where they kind of separate. And then the Giants. I don't know what the Giants are doing. The Giants. Uh, they have, I believe, the Diamondbacks at one point. I could be wrong. Uh, so the Giants are playing the Rockies to Rockies. start the week. Playing the Rockies to start the week. And um, 
looks like, yeah, that looks like that is a four-game set. And then they close out against the Padres. Against the Padres. The okay. pa Padres are in an interesting situation. Well, you don't know where they're going to be next. Like, at, by next weekend, they could know exactly where they're going to be so they could rest their guys. Yeah, like, the, they could be playing for nothing by next weekend. Yeah, the Padres probably, like, that four seed looks pretty locked up, and it's not like they can really win the division right now. They're, uh, they're about four – yeah, they're four games out of the – one seed so it's a shame that we're gonna get if we get Dodgers Padres it's not gonna be in the NLCS yeah that is true it's gonna be a, a five gamer which I don't know it could, I'll, it I'll still take it, it. yeah I'll still take it yeah yeah you you definitely need that yeah um another thing I know we're talking about NL playoffs but I was looking at the AL playoffs and if it were to end today the twins would play the Yankees again it would be in Minnesota. I saw a theory that the Twins should just lose out and hope the Indians win out and just hope and just avoid that matchup. Yeah, I mean, you should. <laughs> just like, I'll, I'll tank for the seventh seed, take the White Sox instead because you don't want to face the Yankees. I mean. Even if, even if you're going to be in Chicago and not in Minnesota facing New York. It's such, it's such a meme. It just every single time, no matter what, it's just always Twins Yankees, and the Yankees always win. Of course, like the Yankees own the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, and <laughs> that was just an automatic sweep last year. I, I I remember I had Yankees in three. I was like, yeah, the Twins are not taking one of these, and they didn't. Yeah, it's just, and I feel so bad. Yeah, but it's just, it just happens every time. Uh, yeah, I don't, and the Twins like. The Twins on paper match up with the Yankees, but yeah, but it just but they just don't do work. it on the field. No, <laughs> there was not... a there was an amazing meme that Chris and I both love uh, that I showed him when uh, when the commissioner put out the proposal to have the playoff format where the top seeds get to pick the teams they face. There was a video of Joe Biden yelling Minnesota, and it said Brian Cashman picking his playoff opponent. Yeah, it was it, it was maybe the top five meme i've ever seen yeah. in my life it was a classic it the you know all the perfect things just came together with that so yeah that's the that's the that's the playoff situation pretty tight situation in the national league american league it looks like they're just kind of playing with seeding amongst each other uh seattle doesn't look like they they have much of a shot they have they're, they're, yeah they're four games back of the astros and they played them this week i don't know if they're allowed to play in seattle though because the air quality was so bad there that they had to move to san diego to play home games in san diego against the padres this weekend hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting mm -hmm. usually those are happening in uh california but it's well, there was in California, but it made its way up. Yeah, it's like it was in like it was against the giant, like it was in San Fran, Oakland, and yeah. it made its way up to Seattle. Yeah, because so my uh, interesting, interesting story. My uh, sister's uh, roommate from New York City lives in Portland, so they came oh. to Connecticut <laughs> to stay with us, and now we have a, a another family with us in Connecticut and a, and a dog. We've never had a pet, nice. so that's cool. We have nice. a dog there now, so shout, shout out to them. <laughs> interesting situation going on in the Northwest. But, yeah, that's the that's the playoff hunt looking like it. Uh, fun week of baseball this, this upcoming week, especially with those uh, lower seeds in the yeah. National League. And uh, there was some clinching going on over the past week. A lot of um, it. 
Yeah, lots of clinching, lots of history being made. Um, you know, droughts White, ending. White Sox and Padres end, ending their droughts. Yes. Um, yeah, it was big time. So who who uh, who clinched first? Dodgers, right? The Dodgers clinched first, which I mean we all expected that. And I believe from there it was A's or it was Rays, White Sox, Athletics, Twins, and then Yankees and Padres clinched simultaneously because the Yankees clinched with the Padres beating the Mariners. So they clinched at the exact same time. Um, but yeah, those six teams have clinched the playoffs. Um, I'm going to be honest, the White Sox made me eat my words this year. Like they have outperformed everything I expected from them. I said that this was going to be Rick Renteria's last year. I said that he was going to under, he was going to, they were going to underperform under him and they were going to seek out a new guy. And I was dead wrong. So credit to the Chicago White Sox. They, they, Proved me wrong this year, which I'm very glad about because I've been – I was high on that team for a while, but I just wasn't sure if Rick Renteria was the right guy. And I – you know what? I've been proven wrong. Yeah, and in all honesty, just the way the American League Manager of the Year – or just the way the Manager of the Year works and how they vote on it, because of the difference in wins from last year, they might just give him the manager. They really the might. It's either him or Kevin Cash. Yeah, I, I mean, I would make the argument – for cash just because I he, think, he's probably going to win the division because I think cash also is just better at managing than almost everyone yeah he can now manage anyone um so I think he, he deserves at least one of these awards yeah I mean I think uh for five star I mean like Rick Renteria and Kevin Cash are definitely both going to be finalists for that award yeah as for the other one uh maybe Charlie Montoyo if the Blue Jays make it which they should maybe Maybe Aaron Boone, maybe – probably not Baldelli again. Maybe not Melvin again. But maybe not, I don't know. I mean – They'll put Melvin in. Whoever the last finalist is, they're not winning. It's going to be one of those two. Um, yeah. Uh, the definite National League Manager of the Year is going to be Jace Tingler. I have no probably. doubt on my mind about that. Um, and the Padres, they clinched their first postseason since 2006. Uh, Jake Peavy was on the team last time that happened. Remember that? Remember him? Yeah, 2007. He's NL gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be on the Hall of Fame ballot in a couple of years. Isn't that weird? <laughs> in Bond's tenth year, Jake Peavy is gonna be on that ballot. Interesting. Probably Interesting. probably not a case to be made, but very good pitcher. His prime. Yeah, World Series champion. That's right, two-time World Series champion. He was yes. with the 14 Giants. Yes. Back to back. But yeah, the Padres. Padres are back. First time in 14 years. Feels good. Like, this is – I mean, this is the feel-good story of baseball this year. Like, Fernando Tatis Jr. has emerged as the superstar that we all knew he could be. Jay Cronenworth, the guy who was a pitcher, short, or shortstop hybrid at Michigan, you know, played 500 minor league games, came over in a trade, and he's cemented himself as probably the rookie of the year. Um, I mean, what else? Will Myers and Eric Hosmer having bounce-back years. Um, Denelson Lamette. Who had, who had Tommy John, I'm pretty sure. Like, he came back and is, he threw 100 yesterday. Like, he had a pitch at 100 yesterday late in the game. Mm-hmm. Was not expecting that from him at all Manny at the Machado. start of this year. Manny Machado, like, legitimate and MVP. Like, Manny Machado is legitimate and MVP candidate. No one's talking about it. Yeah. I think he's third in the league in war. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Padres, am I missing anyone? Trent Grisham uh, came out this year, uh, performed really well. Denelson Lamette. Yeah, Denelson Lamette I mentioned. Um, Clevenger coming over. He's done very well for them. He's day-to-day right now, I believe, but he should be good for the postseason. Yeah. By the way, uh, our friend 
uh, Zach Demko was in my room yesterday, and we were, we were talking about the hilarity of a Padres-Marlins playoff series possibly happening. It's go- probably going to happen. And, like – That'll be a that'll be a quick two gamer. I mean, imagine that'd be so sad. Like it would be the Marlins to do that. Yeah. It would be the Marlins to just eliminate like the the happiest story in all of baseball this year. But uh, I mean, imagine telling someone in February <laughs> this year, it's like yeah, in a game one game one of a postseason series, you're gonna see uh, Sandy Alcantara versus Denelson Lamette. Yeah. <laughs> what, team, what, team, what teams did they get traded to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going to be like, wait, and then it's going to be like, wait a minute, what series are they playing in? Oh, uh, the first round. So the wild card game? No. No. <laughs> no, actually, no. <laughs> Just the, the new round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they didn't, do they even have a name? Do they even have a name for the first round? Is it just like the, 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 the round, lead quarterfinals? Round 16, sweet 16. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think there's a, a, an official name for it. Yeah, I think it's just a wild card series. Uh, yeah, I think it might be, and then I guess it's divisional round after that. Do you think? Do you think you're gonna miss the wild card games this year? Um, I mean, a three game series is it's not the worst substitute in the world. No, it's definitely not. But like, I am pressure's gonna miss. Up, like, up. I always love just like postseason starts two game sevens right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, just because why not? Like, I always love that. It's yeah. It, I mean, they're it's one of the most entertaining just single games in sports. I would say, uh, you know, like yeah, last year Nationals Brewers mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, twenty eighteen Rockies Cubs in extra yeah, innings. Tony Walters. It, like uh, twenty fourteen Royals A's. It's a classic. Usually, usually at least one of them is an absolute nail biter. Yeah, the Orioles Blue Jays with Zach Britton not pitching. Yeah, and then and then you love to see like guys just coming out in the first inning. Yeah, Luis Severino comes out in the first inning, <laughs> just wild. Yeah, it's an elimination game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll miss that. But you know, I'm I'm excited. It's a strange season. The Manfred discussed uh, keeping the expanded playoff. A lot of people are very skeptical of that. I want to wait to have an opinion on that. Like, I want to wait to see how I feel about the, about it this year. And then I'll decide. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm cautiously optimistic this year. Yeah. Like, maybe this could be fun. It, I think it As will. Maybe, maybe that, a lot of that has to do with the fact that my favorite team will not be in it. So, mm-hmm. I, do, I get to just enjoy from it, enjoy it from, like, a mostly neutral standpoint. Like, I'm looking at all these first-round series, and in most of them, I don't have a particular rooting interest. Yeah, I think it will be fun. I, I try to stay away from having an opinion because I know, like, when the wild card game got introduced in back in 2012, yeah, I was I, I didn't like. And it. the same thing happened when they expanded the playoffs in 1995. When they expanded to a you know to a four game playoff, like every time there has ever been playoff expansion, people have hated it at first. Yeah, that's like, why I'm consciously optimistic. Yeah, I'm, 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 you know, I'm wondering, seeing seeing what's going to happen. It'll probably be fun. Um, it's just my concern is. Uh, having a 16-game playoff after a 162-game season seems seems a bit uh, weird, but it could work. It could work. Yeah. So we could, we could like this. Uh, I guess we should get into the other, some of the other teams. Uh, we've talked about the Padres a lot. Uh, let's get into the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they're 
in all likelihood, and this could definitely change, but they are likely going to be the number one seed in the American League. They're three and a half games up on the Yankees for the division, and they are half a game up on the White Sox. So, I mean, this is all subject to change, but as of now, they're the one seed. Um, in a three-game set, you're going to have, what, Glasnow, Morton, and Snell? Yeah. No, thank you. It's Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, I, I expected them to be better this year. Uh, they're still very really? good. They're I mean, they, they were in our not, World Series. No, not the Rays. Oh. Morton, Glasnow. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Well, Morton got hurt, and he's been much better after he got back from his injury. Glasnow was my Cy Young pick, and Snell has been pretty good. Yeah, Snell is better than last year. Snell, uh, my guy to look for. He's he's like been his expected statistics like stayed the same from 2019 to 20, 2018 to 2019. Yeah. So like he was expected to be, yeah, his expected statistics were like almost the same. He was like he was pretty lucky in 2018. He was very unlucky in 2019, and now he's kind of where he should be at. Um, so I like I like where Snell's at. Morton um, has he was injured and I'm not too sure about him. I think Glasnow has gotten a little unlucky, but I mean yeah. I think once the playoffs start, they're gonna yeah they're gonna transform. Yeah, because Glasnow Glasnow came into the playoffs last year. He was very good. I mean, even Game Five after that first inning, he kind of dialed it in. Um, and you know Morton had a very good wild card game last year. He's historically been very good in the playoffs. And uh, Blake Snell hasn't had very much experience. Yeah, he hasn't had experience in the playoffs. We'll see. I mean, I, he, sh he should be pretty good. Um, but, you know, yeah, the Rays, one seed, uh, I had them I had them as a two seed. So they're even outperforming my expectations of them, which were, which were relatively high. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how about the how about the Rays and then the next team? We should probably we should probably run through the lineup too. Like Brandon Lau has obviously been very good for them. He was kind of streaky, uh, but nonetheless, like you know, he was my midseason MVP for a reason. Um, and you know, he's still a, you know a guy you don't want to mess with in that lineup. He's still got a 9.33 OPS, which is I mean by all means very very good. Uh, I just want to run through this real quick. Uh, because the Rays, the Rays have a very weird dynamic with their lineup. Like they don't have that one like stable like this is the guy. Like I guess you could say Austin Meadows, but he's been struggling this year and he's on the IL. Uh, they have a lot of guys on the IL right now: Yandy Diaz and Jimon Choi to go along with Meadows. Um, and I mean, I think this random assortment yeah. of guys—it's just it's a bunch why, of pretty good guys. Like it's very weird it's how it works of, out so well. It's why I'm probably gonna like. You know, in the mock ballots, I'm probably going to have Kevin Cash as my manager of the year. Yeah. Because he seems to do it with these random guys. He's had some injuries this year. I mean, he's just randomly imp implemented, like, Mike Brosso. 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 Yeah. Who has, like, a 950 OPS this year. He's done a lot of pinch hitting. Um, I, I looked into it a little bit. I think they they have some of the most, like, pinch hitting appearances this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I Kevin Cash. I think for them it's just going to be like a lot of guys stepping up at the right moments, especially on offense. And then obviously, yeah. you know, you have Nick Anderson in the bullpen who did just give up his first run a couple weeks ago. He gave up a long home run to Luis Garcia. <laughs> but he is an 0-6-4 ERA, which is all right. Dio, Dio Castillo with a, with a 1-8-6. Uh, I mean, like they're, this bullpen is just so deep. Like they're bringing out guys you've never heard of that have 20 appearances with a 1-2-9 ERA. Yeah, they had – I mean, they lost – Chaz Rowe and Oliver Drake, and they still have one of the best yeah. 
uh, bullpens in baseball, and they lost Emilio Pagan from last year. Yep. Um, and yeah. you even had Nick Anderson go on the IL for a little bit. Yeah. And you lost yeah, exactly. I mean, Jose Alvarado kind of became a shell of himself from where he was a couple of years ago. He's on the injured list too. They lost Jalen Beeks. They lost Trevor Richards. They've lost so many guys this year. Yeah. They lost Andrew Kittredge. And their their route to I guess the World Series. So the they'll probably start off by playing the Blue Jays, which uh, they should be able to win that one. They should be. Um, and then they face probably the probably the Yankees, Yankees, or you know. I mean, do we really think the, the Twins are going to win this? No. They're probably facing no. the Yankees. They're going to face the Yankees, which is a matchup we both had. Yeah, in the ALCS when uh, before the yeah the, um, before the expanded playoffs were a thing. Before the expanded playoffs, and I think when I, I did I did expanded playoff predictions. Uh, we had the Diamondbacks soon going far. <laughs> I, had, I had the Diamondbacks as a sixth seed in the NLCS. And I, yeah. You know what? I, that did not work. They are eliminated from postseason contention. I still don't regret the pick, you know? They should have been better. Bumgarner should have been better, and Luke Weaver should have been better, and they should have rammed it, rammed it through everybody in those, in yeah. those rounds. But uh, I think we should just run through quickly. Um, I guess we talked about the White Sox already. I mean, Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu are legitimate MVP candidates. Luis Roberts, he's struggled lately, but he's, you know, he's going to be a finalist for Rookie of the Year. Eloy yep. has a 900-plus nine, OPS. Uh, Giolito, you know, found his way after that rough first couple of starts. Dylan Cease just continues to confuse the hell out of us. Cease, you know, if you don't know what we're talking about, maybe the most impressive season of 2020 literally like if you're an advanced statistic person you know what we mean like he's not in the side he's young supposed boat. to blow up anytime now he's not he, he's not in the Cy young boat but he's had the most impressive season of 2020 no doubt about it his his strikeout rate is almost tied with his walk rate yeah it's very close he gives up 1.5 home runs per nine <laughs> I think is and like even the savant stuff. He doesn't get soft contact. Either. He leads the league in walks, but he has a three-five-two ERA. Yeah, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, I don't know how much you want to trust him in a start. I mean, would you start? Would you put Dane Dunning on the mound over Dylan Cease in the postseason? I mean, the White Sox are like a I've rookie. Noticed, I've noticed the White Sox are like, despite him not giving up runs. They've lost trust in him. They took him out in the fourth inning. Uh, well, he had seven yesterday. walks. Yeah, they took him out in the fourth <laughs> inning yesterday. You know, they just know that's a ticking time bomb. I think they yeah. took him out in the fifth inning when he had only given up one run, but it was like 10 base runners he had allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel, too. Dallas Keuchel has been excellent for them. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I would legitimately put Dane Dunning on the mound as a rookie. over Dylan. I mean, Dane Dunning's older, too. Yeah, and he's, he's 25, got... and season 24. Very good ERA. And the bullpen, too. Like, I mean, it's been strikeout rate. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, So that's the White Sox, I guess. Uh, I don't think there's anything more we need to hit on them. Uh, Oakland A's, they clinched the playoffs uh, for the third straight year. They actually get to play more than one game this time. Look at that. For the first time since 2013, the A's will be playing more than one postseason game in a year. How about that? You'll love to see it. Uh, but they will be doing so without Matt Chapman, which sucks. Uh, this team, I hate to be that guy, but I feel like if there's a team in the AL that's going to get upset as a top four seed, unless the, I mean, unless well, the Twins, unless the Twins are a are four seed. Actually, uh, fortunately for them, they're probably going to be playing the Astros. Which is a good point. Yeah. 
But I mean, They're how? Definitely the weakest. Yeah, team that's a good point. I don't know this team. Group. I'm very cautious about how this team really is going to be. I mean, I think how is Mike Miner done for them? That's a question. Uh, whoever, like Chris whoever Bassett, comes out. Although I will say, whoever comes out of A's Astros series is probably going to get slapped around yep, by whoever they play next, <laughs> no matter who, no matter exactly. what. That's definitely the weakest series, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I say that I don't mean that as a as a like a dig on the A's. Sort of just like. They're a bit depleted, even though. Yeah, like they have a very good bullpen, but I mean, starting pitching is obviously so key. And Chris Bassett, is he the guy that leads a playoff rotation? Like he's been their best pitcher this year. But, and I mean, you know, you have 22 year old Lazardo. Like, do you trust him going deep into a start? And Mike Fires has been at 10 hits per nine this year. Like, you don't want that. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I mean, I hope the A's can prove me wrong. They probably will because look what the White Sox did this year. Uh, they need guys to step up, though, like Matt Olson, uh, Marcus Simeon, Ramon Laureano. All those guys need to hit better. Chris Davis, too. Uh, Stephen Piscotti. Uh, the only guys in that lineup that have been, ex- like, either up to expectations or better has been, like, Robbie Grossman, and that's about it, and Sean Murphy. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm looking at Chris Bassett's baseball savant page. His ERA is 2.57, expected ERA 4.2. Yeah, that says about everything you need to know. So, you know, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put a lot of stock in, in the Chris in the Chris Bassett. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like he could get knocked around by any team. Yeah, but he just hasn't. Yeah, oddly, uh, oddly enough. So we have two more teams to go over that have clinched the postseason. One of them is the Minnesota Twins. We've talked about how this team is probably going to lose to the Yankees. Uh, they have they're Josh, so good on paper. They are. They're I, really good on I paper. I really like this team. It's so. It's but so if they tough if they faced the any other team, I would be really really high on this team. Like Kenta Maeda has been arguably one of the best pitchers, one of the top yeah. five best pitchers in the AL this year. Josh Donaldson has come back from the IL. And, you know, I mean, Josh Donaldson and Nelson Cruz in the same lineup in the playoff series is scary. Yeah. And like, that's, those are two guys that can take you deep back-to-back. Byron Buxton is like – Yeah, the, but he's finally MVP. doing it. Like he's, yeah. Byron Buxton is finally putting it all together. He has an 880 OPS. Like, I've been trying to hype him up for so long. Like, I remember in 2017 when he was playing the best defense of his life, I was just, like, amping him as the best defensive player in the league because he came up as the number one prospect in the league, and he hadn't shown us anything until then. So, like, I'm desperately just trying to hype up Byron Buxton, and he's finally doing it this year, an 880 OPS, except he has one walk, I'm pretty sure. And he has two walks in, in, in 122 plate appearances. I'm trying to look at his game logs. <laughs> his OVP is 279, but his, slug, his slugging is 602. It's like what? Yeah, it's like that's like the opposite of what you expect from him. It's so it stinks so hard that they're gonna lose in the first it round. It does in two games. Yeah. So yeah. So Byron Buxton in his last uh, eleven games, seven home runs. Yeah. Uh, a thirteen oh six OPS. <laughs> you can't stop hitting home runs. He's hitting three forty two. 359 on base percentage, funnily, funnily enough. Yeah. I mean, you have you have Kenta Maeda and Jose Barrios and Randy Dobnock pitching in that rotation. How about this? In his last 11 games, 1306 OPS, 250 Babbitt. <laughs> He's getting unlucky. He's getting ZT. If, if some of those balls could, you know, bounce a couple of different ways, we yeah. might be looking at something with Byron Buxton. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, it's good, but it sucks. This team's going to lose in the first round if yeah, they play the like Yankees. Jose Barrios is, like, coming out hot. He outdueled Darvish last night. Yeah. 
oh, it's going to be so bad when they lose to the Yankees. It's, it's a shame that this team is probably – I mean, how far are they from the White Sox? They're eh, – they're, they're two games out. Two games out. That and, might be – And I looked at – They're three games ahead of the they're Indians. Five, they're five and five against the White Sox, so I don't know how – And they play the White Sox this week, though, do they not? Or no, the Indians do. Never mind. Yeah, they're – yeah, they've already – they've played their ten games. They've played their game. Okay. White Sox. Well, it's a shame. I mean, the Twins, you know, they're, they're such a good team, but they're just – they're not going to beat the Yankees. So, maybe ever. in 2021 uh, – Maybe they'll just get lucky yeah. and, and face the Yankees in the ALCS. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll get a couple good series. Yeah, they're, they're a very – how can you not like the Twins? You know, Barrios, Maeda, They always match up with Rich the Yankees. Rich Hill in the, in the rotation. And then, of course, you know, you got – Cruz, Donaldson, yeah. Buxton, Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario, all those in the lineup. And they're going to lose in two games to the New York Yankees. And it's not it's even so going to be close. It's, it's going to so be like it's gonna be like 10 to 4 and then 11 to 2. Yeah, Jose Barrios is going to come in. Even if it's, it's going to be in Minnesota, too. If it ends today, it's in Minnesota. Barrios is going to come in with like a, a September ERA of 1. And then he's just going to blow up. <laughs> In, yeah, in, at Target it's, it Field. Sucks. It's, it's it awful. Sucks. I hate this. <laughs> so the last team we have to go over is the Los Angeles Dodgers. You already know what to expect from this team. Um, another again, it just sucks that Dave Roberts is gonna just gonna outmanage. Is just gonna be outmanaged. He's gonna bring in Joe Kelly for a fourth straight inning when yeah. it's extra innings in Game Three against the Reds. Like it sucks. Yeah, you've got Mookie Betts, who's probably gonna be top five in the MVP voting. You've got Corey Seager, who's, like, been one of the best players in the league, yet still unlucky. Tony Gonsolin has been super underrated. Yeah. you got Justin Turner. Is he in his rookie year? Too. Yeah. You know, Tony Gonsolin, like, legitimate rookie of the year candidate. A somewhat likable team, but it's going to stink. It's just going to suck. Like, when... they're going to lose in game three because <laughs> Dave Roberts is going to make some mistake. Yeah. When Clayton Kershaw, you know, gives up a home run to Eugenio Suarez. Yeah. To tie the game. It's gonna you know, the terrible. lineup card's going to come out. It's going to have Will Smith hitting third. Yeah. Like, what? Because they're facing uh, – actually, the Reds, the Reds they, they have all righties, but still. Yeah. They're going to leave Betts out of the lineup because they're facing a righty. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Betts and Turner out of the lineup. Yeah. They're, they're going to put Clayton Kershaw in to hit. He's going to be the DH. They're going to bring Corey – they're going to put Corey Seager in the eighth spot in the yeah. lineup. <laughs> they're gonna follow him up with Caleb Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> what? Julio wow. Urias hitting cleanup against Trevor Bauer. It's a shame. I mean, this team is so good, but they're gonna bring Walker Buehler off the IL to pitch Game One. Yeah. Like he's not even he's not even healthy. He has his blister, and they're gonna follow that up by putting Jake McGee on the mound <laughs> <laughs> to start Game Two. <laughs> David Price is going to He's going to opt back in. And he's going to start game one. <laughs> it's going to be so bad. They're going to pinch hit him. Like, what? Yeah. They're going to pinch hit him because he, he hit 500 in 2017 or 1,000 in 2017. <laughs> yeah, with a 2,000 OPS. Yeah. It sucks. It's, 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 it's a shame. This team is never going to get over the hump because of their manager. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. <laughs> that, that was a good bet. <laughs> It's uh, it's tough. It's the Dodgers. Yeah, they should have won a World Series like, I mean, five times in the last seven years. They definitely should have won in 2017 because of other circumstances. Yeah, they, they definitely should have. They should have won it last they year. Brought, they should have brought it back to Boston in 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 Game Six. They should have brought it back to Boston, and they should have. 
they should have beat Washington. Like, there's they had no business losing that game five. Yeah. Just yeah. bring Maeda in for the eighth and then Jansen in for the ninth, and we're set. Yeah, that Red Sox series should have been tied two to two. It should have been. With, you know. And maybe you don't win that series, but there's no reason to blame Dave Roberts. And maybe you don't have Kike hitting third in game five. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you put Bellinger in the lineup against the lefty. I don't know. Yeah. He's a really good player. Maybe, uh, Maybe just maybe just leave Ryan Madsen in the <laughs> maybe, maybe just, just maybe just maybe <laughs> maybe just DFA Ryan Madsen right now. Yeah. Like maybe just like throw him out of the stadium physically. Like let him get eaten up by the fans and the bleachers. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, treat Ryan Madsen like Alex Cora treated Drew Pomeranz. That yeah, series. just let him watch that? that. Yeah. Yeah. Why not do that? Maybe you just physically like throw him into. Like throw him off like the hill at the Hollywood sign. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You throw him into the wildfires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you uh, you drop a cigarette in the forest. And you throw Ryan. You throw Ryan. You do a gender reveal. Right. It's 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 Ryan Madsen. That's the gender. Yeah. <laughs> just he's just running around, a flaming. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's a shame that the Dodgers just are not going to get over the hump because Dave Roberts is going to do something yeah. catastrophically it's bad. Sh- and it's a shame that they're going to give him a four-year extension after yeah. this year. Oh, I hate it, man. <laughs> it's tough. And then next year they're going to win 110 games and then lose in the expanded yeah. playoffs to the 79-win Marlins. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm going to hate it. Yeah, it's going to be awful. <laughs> but you know, we we like to talk about the truth here on the show to be named later, and these yeah. are these are truths. Uncomfortable truths. It's a hard, you know, the, the, the faster you accept them, the easier it's going to be when they happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, it does suck that the, the, the Twins are going to come all this way just to lose in two games. But you know what? The quicker you accept it, the easier the pain is going to be when it happens, Twins fans. Exactly. We're sorry. Yes. But that, this is just the way it is. Like, you're just, you were just put on this earth to lose to the Yankees. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, it's going to be it's – un, it's an uncomfortable truth that – Dylan Cease is gonna walk in three runs in the first <laughs> inning, and against the Indians, and then give up a grand slam and then get taken out. Yeah, but this is the this is a fact. Yeah. Although he might not, maybe he'll load the bases every inning. And then he get, get then he get, they go taken out. He'll get taken out, and the bullpen will say them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe that'll happen. Yep. So I guess that translates into our one of our favorite segments of uh, of the show where we are highlighting a player who's been doing very well over the past week or so, a couple weeks, maybe the whole season. Yeah. Um, it is our Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020 edition of... How about that? So uh, do we have? Do we each have one? I have one of each, yes. Okay, so you, you go ahead and start. Okay, so since August 16th, Chris, I'm going to name you six of the seven top pitchers in ERA, and I want you to guess who the one blank is. Okay. So number one is Corbin Burns. He was your how about that last week. That didn't make it. That Did, we, did that show get published, or was that? No, it was, uh, it was our Friday episode. It was our, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're right, you're right. So Corbin Burns leads ERA since August 16th. After him, Dallas Keuchel. Very good. After him, Jacob DeGrom needs no introduction. After him, Clayton Kershaw, best pitcher of the generation. Tied with Clayton Kershaw is my player. And after him, Shane Bieber and Trevor Bauer. Do you want to guess who this blank person is? Um, I feel like it would be too high profile with Kyle Hendricks. 
is not Kyle Hendricks. Do you want me to give it to you? Um, it's an AL guy. AL guy. Um, is he on a contending team? Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, we've been talking about, you know, the Yankees, they're going to beat the Twins. You know, Garrett Cole is going to come out in game one, and then Jay Happ is going to come in in game two, <laughs> and Jay Happ is just going to end the Twins' season. Since August 16th, Jay Happ has a 1.93 ERA that is tied for fourth in the majors with Clayton Kershaw. And there's one other thing that I've – I went deep into the fan graphs lore, and uh, you're probably you're, – you might be about to learn a new stat, Chris. Since August 16th, Jay Happ leads all of baseball in weighted fastball value. Do you know what that means? It's essentially – I looked into that yeah. with, uh, Michael Chavis because he could not hit a fastball. Exactly. <laughs> so, essentially, like, they have pitch value on, on fan graphs for both pitchers and hitters where it shows, like, the amount of efficiency they're getting out of a certain pitch. Jay Happ, noted non-fastball pitcher, not very high velocity. However, he leads the league in fastball value. Uh, it is 12.0. The next closest in the league is 9.2. So he is, his fastball efficiency has been far better than anybody else since August 16th. And that is Jay Happ. Yeah. How about that? Try that again. How about that? Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. A fastball, noted fastball guy, yeah. Jay Happ. Mostly because he has a sinker. I think that's most of it. Yeah getting ground balls, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, Jay Happ, he's going he's gonna to take away the, the twin season, unfortunately. Yeah. My how about that is uh, kind, of a, kind of a similar pitcher to Jay Happ. Um, and he's definitely higher profile, but he's had a fantastic September, once I can get the notes up. Mm -hmm. uh, recent. My crap. Okay. I'm talking about uh, one of my favorite pitchers in baseball, Kyle Hendricks. Oh, wow. Kyle okay, Hendricks. so you just guessed your own guy. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, I figured. Do we have the same guy? Yeah, he's been one of the um, best pitchers in baseball in the month of September. In the month the of mo September. The modern-day Maddox, some would say. Yeah, modern-day Maddox. Wasn't for, if it wasn't Brian Weber. Yeah, it would be, <laughs> yeah, it would be, uh, it would be Kyle Hendricks. Yeah. He's, got, he's got the uh, two-seamer. He's got the... He's got the uh, changeup, goes in on righties. He's got all of it, Kyle Hendricks. And his fastball averages about 87 miles per hour. That's a fact. It's not even an exaggeration. Um, so in the month of September, he has pitched 29 innings. Uh, that's over seven innings per start. Uh, he's had four starts, 29 innings. He has a 1-2-1 ERA along with 27 strikeouts in, and three walks. And he's been doing this pretty much the whole year. He has less than one walk per nine innings. And of the 77 batted balls he's allowed in September, uh, only 15 have had an expected batting average of 500 or more. That's 19.5% of batted balls he's allowed that have had an expected batting average of 500 or more. And this is also a guy that's not really walking anybody. So he has yeah. more batted balls. Uh, so like he, he's probably getting, you know, for the amount of hits he's allowing, probably get, still getting a, a little unlucky too, even with a 1-2-1 one, one ERA. And the Cubs are also 4-0 this month when he starts. So Kyle Hendricks, he's getting he's getting my stamp of approval for this segment. Uh, here he is. How about that? How about that for Kyle Hendricks? How about it? In the months of September.
So now we go from the highs to the lows. We're highlighting a player that uh, has not been doing so well over the past couple weeks or so, maybe the whole season. Uh, it is the Tuesday, September 22nd edition of Slightly Alarming Statistics. Uh, would you like to start? Yes. Yeah, so my Slightly Alarming is the guy who's probably had the biggest drop-off uh, in production between this year and last year. And it is Eduardo Escobar. Ah. Uh, the Diamondbacks have been struggling. They were very disappointing, and this is a lot of the reason why. His, do you want to guess how many points his slugging percentage is down from last year? Um, 220. It's 200 points. 200. <laughs> it went from 511 to 311. Wow. That's horrendous. <laughs> um, and his OPS is down 262 points. So that is miserable. When, um, yeah. And his 242 Woba and his 46 weighted runs created plus for the season are both dead last in the majors. Eduardo Escobar got an extension, I believe, with the Twins when he was over there. Or maybe that was Jorge Polanco, either one of them. Uh, but he's been very disappointing this entire season. Yeah. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah, Eduardo, like, there's been so many guys on the Diamondbacks that have had big drop-offs. Yeah. It's been a trend. Bumgarner, Weaver, Carson Kelly, Eduardo Escobar – Mm-hmm. Uh, all those guys, yeah. Um, big time, big time. Even Marte off. to a degree. Yeah, I could tell Marte, but that's I guess it's easier for him to digress. A I think bit. it was easy to see that 2019 was a career year for him. Yeah. Um, my uh, slightly alarming. I'm continuing with my uh, Chicago theme, going to the South Side. We kind of Dylan Cease. No, no. <laughs> no, I'm looking at. I'm looking at rookie of the year candidate Luis. Rosa. Yeah. He's been struggling lately. He's been struggling for sure. Uh, since September 5th, he's hitting 091 with a 287 OPS. Uh, also, since September 5th, his OPS ranks last among qualifying hitters. And in this time span, he has a 36.5% strikeout rate. And uh, also in this time span, with runners in scoring position, he is 1 for 13 um, when, when runners are in scoring position. And he's not really getting that unlucky. I looked at the stat cast numbers and counted up all his batted balls and all his hard hit balls. Um, you know, we, we mentioned him earlier in the year, how he couldn't stop hitting hard hit, hard hit balls. Doesn't seem to be the case uh, in the last couple weeks. Since September 5th, he has uh, 27 batted balls and only three of them have been hard hit, uh, which is, you know, a hard hit ball is 95 plus miles per hour. Only 11% of his batted balls have been um, have been hard hit, and major league average is about 35%. 11% is not great, especially when you're striking out and the other third of your at bats. Um, it's been tough for Luis Robert, tough for his rookie of the year candidacy, and not the momentum you want to have heading into the postseason. So that is Luis Robert. Slightly alarming. Yeah, I mean. I think Kyle Lewis kind of wrapped up rookie of the year. Yeah. That's that seems to be that seems to be uh yeah, how it's been for him. He's been pretty consistent this year overall. And uh yeah, I guess he's going to get I guess he's going to get that rookie of the year, which is a shame because you predicted Luis Robert I did for rookie of the year. I'm happy with Kyle Lewis though. I think I'm going to make a bold take right here. We can refer back to this. Regardless of what uh the playoff uh you know, format looks like next year. Seattle Mariners are going to be in it. They're going to be in it. Okay. Yeah. 
They're going to be in it. They're going to be in it. Maybe they, maybe they win the division. Maybe they make the wild card. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to have that rotation. You know, as I mentioned, it looks really good. You know, Marco Gonzalez and Justin Dunn, especially, I think I'm very high on those guys. They have guys on the farm like Logan Gilbert, uh, who Chris has been high on. Um, I mean, they have guys who can perform, absolutely. You also have Jared Kalenic in the, exactly. ma- in the minors, yeah. who's probably going to be coming up next year. And I think the Mariners are going to be ahead of schedule next year. Yeah, that's a, I think they that's a possibility. 20 years of frustration is going to be over for Seattle next year. Yep, the longest playoff drought in uh, sports. Yeah, I was a year old the last time they played the playoffs. Yeah, quite, uh, quite unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. Very, very crazy stuff. Uh, now we get sort of into the preview of the week ahead. Mm-hmm. We're not sure if we're going to have another show this week, so this might be our last show before. We'll do one for the week and one for the weekend. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, I guess we could do that. One for the week. One we'll do the like weekend. a – we'll do – yeah, we'll, 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 cut, we'll do a podcast next Monday highlighting the first-round matchups. That will be our next show. Okay. Yeah. So, preview of, I guess, the week ahead. We kind of already went over. It's Reds Brewers. Yeah, it's Reds Brewers. Yes. And the, the Brewers are getting the big three uh, from the Reds rotation. Tonight, we got Brandon Woodruff versus Luis Castillo. That's a really good matchup. This is in Cincinnati, by the way. Tomorrow, you have Brett Anderson versus Sonny Gray. And on Wednesday, you have – please hold. Do they not play Wednesday? Oh, no, they do. Uh, Adrian Hauser versus Trevor Bauer. That one should go to Cincinnati, and that's a three-game series. Uh, that is the correct series to watch for this week because that is huge for playoff formats, for playoffs. Yeah, that, that'll get things kicking. Mm-hmm. And then in the uh, – you know, with the when the weekend hits, it's going to be Cardinals-Brewers, uh, right? Cardinals-Brewers. Mm-hmm. That'll be probably the series to watch then. I mean, I guess uh, – Watch the Brewers this week. <laughs> yeah, watch the Brewers. I guess one matchup just – a singular game. Um, I don't know if this pitcher has faced this team so far this year. Uh, you have, you know, the AL Cy Young favorite going against maybe the best offense in the American League so far this yeah. year. Yeah, uh, he did. He faced them on Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, that is true. Okay. Yeah. But you got Shane Bieber going against the uh, Chicago White Sox. You know, I like to watch baseball this year um, or this time of year. Not only because of playoff races, but, you know, award races are kind of fun, yeah. too. Um, Bieber. Shane Bieber could rack up AL MVP along with Cy Young this week. Yeah, he could. If he if he goes, you know, seven or eight shutout innings, definitely a big possibility there. I think he'd be the favorite. Yeah, I guess. I, guess, I mean, there's a. Uh, It'd be like he, Abreu, and, and maybe Anderson, maybe Trout. Yeah, because. No one in the AL has had, like, a, a Freddie Freeman type year. No. You know, Freddie Freeman's almost at 200 weighted runs created plus. I really – oh, Juan Soto. I mean, he, he – for some reason, he qualifies on fan graphs. He's only played, like, 35 games, but he is, like, above everyone else. I think he leads everything with, like, borderline qualifying numbers. If he didn't have that false positive COVID test, he could probably be the NL MVP. Yeah. Which sucks. But, I mean, hey, he's got plenty of years left to do it. Yeah, Juan Soto has played 39 games. Freddie Freeman has played 53. They both qualify. Juan Soto has 193 weighted runs created plus. That is just not fair. Well, it's it's 3.1 plate appearances per game. Per game that they've played. He has 168 plate appearances. They are 30 and they are 20 and 32. So that'd be 52 games. 
168 divided by 52. 3.2. 3. he just barely qualifies. Barely. Just barely. That's so cheap. That is, <laughs> that's so – that's stupid. But, hey, I mean, Juan Soto, I mean, he could get – I mean, he's got a – He's got an 18.5% walk rate. It's impressive. 331 ISO. 366 BABIP. 91.8 exit VLO. Yeah, I mean, Juan Soto, he could uh, have the cheapest MVP finalist possible ever. Yeah. Plays 45 games and gets there, like, just barely the minimum. Yeah. So there we have it. That's our – that's that's where we stand with the league, our Tuesday episode of the show to be named later. And uh, we hope we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, don't really have to watch it on YouTube. There's no video today. Um, <clears throat> if you want to follow us on social media, follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran and follow the show Instagram. It is at STBNL podcast. We hope you enjoyed the September 22nd, 2020 edition of the show to be named later. And we hope to be talking, we hope to be seeing you uh, after the regular season is over. Yeah. See you then.